Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, Blues fans, welcome on in. We are joined here by Mariah Stark, our resident wild expert. So we're uh, on the Minnesota Wild here this week, talking some opponent previews here as we have been doing here all summer long. Mariah, how's it going here tonight? It's good. I mean, I look like I'm Halloween themed, which my house has Halloween decorations on the floor yes. I haven't put up, but I'm yeah. getting there. <laughs> Is it too early for Halloween decorations to start going out? Not for me. <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoy Halloween, and I am a person who cannot justify putting out the decorations of that particular holiday until it's at least that month. I think Christmas <laughs> is the only exception, and usually it's just because it just gets cold, and I just don't want to do it. So usually like I'll have it up in around Thanksgiving, but I won't turn anything on until like the day <laughs> after. So I can at least justify it for that point. Halloween I've already started I'm a horror movie fanatic so I've yes. already started watching like Scream and the yes. original I'm so excited for the new Halloween to come out next month I think yep. and I'm just all over and this this isn't even a Halloween sweatshirt it says Malax but <laughs> <laughs> okay so before we get into it here real fast so what is your favorite Halloween movie <sighs> that's a hard one there's I, so many I honest, good ones honestly Okay, I have. I could say two because I have okay. one that's scary, not good for children. Yeah, and that would be. It's a tie between the original Halloween and the original Scream. It's a okay. tie between. I'm a I'm a slasher movie person. Yes, yes. And then kid friendly, Hocus Pocus all the way. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. That play, that movie has a special po- special place here in my heart. Are you ready to see the new one? I am. I'm just really hoping they like I keep telling my husband because I got him into the movie after yeah. we started dating and I'm just like, yeah. I hope they tie everything together that it works. Yeah. <laughs> and we're good. <laughs> I think it should be OK. You know, it looks like they're going to be doing a lot of just like flashbacks. And, you know, even if they just replicate the first movie and just change a couple of things ever so slightly, I think they'll be fine. So but Okay, well, we came here to be able to talk about some hockey, you know, not really get sidetracked here on the holidays here and whatnot. So let's talk some Minnesota wild hockey. So uh, before we get into previewing um, this upcoming season, looking at the offseason here and whatnot, let's recap last year. So the wild finished out second in the central division with a 53-22-7 and record. Very, very impressive. Six players scored 20 or more goals. Three players scored over 30, and one particular player finished the year three short of 50. And I don't think we really need to go into who that was. Kirill Kaprizov, love him. (laughs) Top five offense in the entire National Hockey League with 3.72 goals for per game, but an average 3.04 goals against per game, ranked 16th overall. Special teams, 18th. In the league here at 20.5%, 76% here on the PK, good for 25th. What are your thoughts? It kind of seems like it's a mixed bag. Uh, so the regular season, if you exclude the special teams, because I could go on to a whole, if I have a whole rant on another video if you want to see that. 
but um they had a great regular season i mean yeah. all the sc- the scoring was ridiculous and what it's like as a wild fan you're just like you gotta kind of take a step back and be like this is really mm-hmm. happening we yeah. we don't see this like yeah. even with gabrick i mean he did phenomenal in his day mm-hmm. but it's just like okay we're actually rivaling other teams here right like that was great the team bonded so well. you could see, just see they had fun being together on the ice and just mm-hmm. they knew where each other was all the time um even their goaltending was better <laughs> yeah and we're gonna be getting into that we're definitely gonna be getting into that so overall you know good thoughts good vibes and stuff here from you about last season if you ignore the postseason yeah Okay. Okay. Yeah. We won't, we won't talk about that. I, I specifically avoided talking about that. We have, you and I have a, a completely separate podcast that fans will be able to go back and listen to that one. Um, to, be able to talk about the postseason. So let's start diving into the off season. So a key player for the wild last season, Kevin Fiala was traded. What are your thoughts here specifically on the trade? So most fans probably are going to hate me for this. I would say disappointing because he was a very fun player to watch, but Mm -hmm. it's also kind of relieving because towards the end, you could, you can just tell things were different with him. Mm -hmm. He struggled to really click, which I know some players it's slow to get going, but Mm -hmm. he just kind of seemed like the odd one out sometimes. Like he'd he'd get really good and then just kind of, I think he was just ready to be he he wanted to be traded. He, yeah. You could tell he didn't want to be here. He was respectful about everything, just, you know, didn't say anything and just went along with his stuff, but it's it's good. The Wild were honestly paying a bit much for him with the production he was and I hate saying that cuz last season he was phenomenal. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Well, he scored 85." And it's like, "Yeah, that was Yeah, point per game player." Right. Right. <laughs> And maybe he could have done it, but I think he just, honestly, LA, I think he'll fit better there. He can be a higher profile player. I mean, with here with Kaprizov and Zuccarello and Hartman and all those guys kind of in front of him, it's hard for him to kind of shine like he wants mm-hmm. to. He wants to be that Kaprizov player. Yeah. And that's fine. It's just he can't do that here. Well, and the, the Kings have several high profile players but feel like you said Fiala can be that high profile player here right now it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to fit well into the system and if he can replicate that i have seen and listened to a plenty of different people who say that was a flash in the pan and they are overpaying him and you know just do not say you know it's it's basically a prove it season for kevin fiala here at this point so do you think the wild got enough for him in the trade Oh boy, that one's mixed too. There were a yeah. lot of people not happy about that. I obviously they could do better. Typically, you always can in a trade because there's mm-hmm. always some other player you want. As far as like for young and prospects, I think they did well. Fa- I'm I'm a fan of Faber. I mean, he's yeah, he's literally from like half an hour from my house and <laughs> oh, that's born awesome. And raised Minnesotan. I'm excited to see what he can do once he make because he's still in college. Once he gets going here, he'll mm-hmm. in the wild need stronger defensemen. Their defensemen are getting older. They still have some years left, but it'll be nice to bring in some younger guys that can learn and mature under like Spurgeon and Brodeen and probably not Dumba, but <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. see where that one goes. 
and obviously prospects it's always good to get something from that well the wild have a really stacked prospect pool here right now and we're definitely going to get into this because you have several not just several prospects but several high profile prospects that could be knocking on the doorstep here this coming season (laughs) so um so overall here you know if you had to give it a grade whether you want to go one through 10, whether you want to do A through F, you know, whatever grade skill here that you want to do six gold stars out of, you know, whatever. What do you think that the wild ended up getting here on this Fiala trade? I know I put you on the spot. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> B plus. Cause you can always do B better, plus. but they couldn't have really done much. I, I shouldn't say worse. They could, they could have done a lot worse. Too. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. It could have been a one for one and something, you know, and, and it really have just been, wait, what mm-hmm. kind of a deal? So, okay. Okay. So the wild here, one of the reasons I think that they were so successful here this past season was their depth. You know, you had, like you mentioned guys, you're like Nick Bukestad, and I'm gonna I pronounce my mispronounces every single time. Nicholas De Laurier. Delorier, you were close. Thank though. you. Oh man, I <laughs> every single time. Right? <laughs> yes. So they're gone. They have been replaced with again depth players here on two-way contracts. But obviously, I mean, such is the penalty for buying out players here like Zach Parisi and Zach Sitter here at this point. So this looks like a potentially big loss for the team here at this point. Are we wrong to think that? Bukestad, another Minnesotan that I love, Mm -hmm. but he's not what he used to be. When he first started in the league, he was lights out ridiculous whatever you want to say when i think he was with florida to start with but lately he barely was in and out of the lineup a lot on the fourth line and he's a great fourth liner but they need to move on from him that one i'm not too upset about other than the local connection and he'll do he'll be good in arizona they've got a lot of young guys that he can help kind of mentor but not be maybe a top minute person he can just Mm -hmm. kind of be along right i'm upset about delorier because his personality he could spark that lineup to just do things and yeah his physicality he just he made things happen Mm -hmm. and i know we've got felino greenway supposedly not starting the season i don't know about that but um it took a lot of pressure off those guys too. So, I mean, the fourth line is going to have to find a way to fill that void Mm -hmm. and help the third line out too. So it's, I think that's a big loss for them. Yeah. And I know we were pushing, Ethan and I here were really pushing for the blue spill to potentially be in that Nick Bukestad conversation here this past off season, because right now the blues don't really have a lot of quality veteran fourth liners you know that veteran depth and we felt like a player here like nick bukestad could really be able to provide that you know on a somewhat cheaper contract yeah um and that's something that you know nick bukestad here here he ultimately did and you know he's moving on and, and that's fine so um it just it is what it is here at this point and definitely you know, we just hope for the best here for him but it could be again a, a big bigger weakness here and a bigger loss for the wild i think than what some fans are really making it out to be (laughs) so 
You guys also lost here in the back end. Big change. Cam Talbot was traded to Ottawa for Philip Gustafson. Do we... The look says it all here right now. So let's... I'm going to tee this up here just a little bit. So Gustafson, solid backup option who had solid numbers and limited action here with Ottawa. He may or may not from what we're seeing, get more starts as a backup than what he had in his whole young career, though. Close to 30 if they attempt to alleviate some of the workload here from Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, Fleury's also aging, and I said I wouldn't touch on the postseason here too terribly much, but he did not look overly fantastic in the postseason. No. Now now you move on from Cam Talbot for Philip. Gustafson. Now, I can't say much here because the Blues, honestly, they moved on and understandably so. The cap was super tight. You know, we're both in the same situation. They had to move on from Billy Huso. And now we're relying on Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde here in Jordan Bennington. And we now also have Thomas Grice. I'm sorry. I, I love that description. Of him. <laughs> So I, I don't know whose goaltending situation is more intriguing between the Blues and the Wild here at this point. So what do you think of the trade? What do you think of Philip Gustafson coming in here? What's what's your thought on the blue line? I'm sorry, not the blue line here, the crease at this point. Your <laughs> netminders. Blue, so. blue area, yeah. Um, okay, with all respect to Gustafson, I'm not trying to be rude at him at all because I have not seen much of him, but I am not happy with the trade. I'm going to clip this and send it directly to him. Hope you know this. <laughs> <laughs> and watch, he'll just completely be lights out, which would be great. But I mean, Cam more Talbot... bad comments, more bad comments, and then just keep pumping him full of all of this. And don't worry, that's going to fuel the fire for him. <laughs> Cam Talbot, I mean, he he had a great season. Regardless yeah. of, yeah, he had some bad spots, but what goalie doesn't? They're gonna lose games. It doesn't. Right. You can't stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really bummed to see him go because I thought it was gonna be a perfect setup between Talbot and Flurry. They can mm-hmm. go fifty fifty. You can have a fresh yeah. goalie every night, and they get along. And mm-hmm. and then that all that all went down the drain within a day. Yeah. And I don't blame either side. That was just just happened but um yeah flurry i know there's a lot of flurry lovers and i i'm one of them i love him as a person and he's he's still a great goaltender for his age but that's that's it just there his age it's for his age and like i talked to my dad actually yesterday about it and he's like honestly there's he's like the only goalie at his age so there's a lot to compare to yeah, I mean, I mean, who else do you have really? Like, you've got Craig Anderson, who's up there. Jonathan Quick, who's up there. And I know I've got others that I'm, I'm just blanking on here, but those are some of the, the notable goaltenders that are nearing why are you still around kind of <laughs> kind of age. And wow, to really give up on Cam Talbot, that's, that's rough. And I get it. You know, it's a salary cap. You know, Minnesota is working on such a low salary cap amount here at this point. 
Well, his trade, they didn't want to get rid of him. Yeah. He asked to leave. I miss that then. Well, okay. So they signed Flurry to 3.5. Mm-hmm. And Talbot was getting three. Mm-hmm. And Talbot was looking for this is all rumor according okay. to what I've read and his agent mostly, but he wanted an extension for more to like match Flurry because yeah. he felt like he should. Yeah, and understandably. I can't, I can't argue that. I mean, no. but they wouldn't do it, so he want he wanted out, so they traded him because they didn't <sighs> want to make him finish out his last year being an angry goaltender. <laughs> Wow. It was a whole big drama fest. And yeah. there's yeah, if you go back and read some of Garen's comments, they were not planning to trade him. They wanted to keep him. But it understandably just, yeah. so. Wow. Okay. Well, that changes a lot of things here, in my opinion, and honestly makes things worse. Mm-hmm. Wow. It does. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I mean, so there's that. They weren't exactly planning to extend Talbot either because with Flurry's two year. He can mentor Wallstead, Wellstead next yeah. year. Yeah. So they kind of were just like, okay, bye. <laughs> well, and so that's that's always a good thing though, is that you know, while Minnesota is able to contend right now, you know, there's a lot of still very, very bright spots that are going on here in Minnesota. There's a lot of really good up and coming prospects. And I think this is just a really good chance for us to really just get into it. So I'm counting probably in around four, five, maybe even six prospects that could earn their way into a starting role here this season, which is insane. And all of these players are guys that should be third, second, potentially even top line players who are moving into next season. So I'm just going to start here right off the bat, Marco Rossi top prospect here for the team. He's expected to be able to make it this season he would have arrived a lot sooner had it been not for losing an entire season here due to COVID and experiencing, you know, life threatening complications. Um, for those listening, if you have not looked at this, please look back at Marco Rossi's last, I don't know, two years. It's just insane. It's insane. So yeah. luckily he returned. He had a very strong AHL season. And there's some who are thinking that he's going to line up with Kaprizov next season. Is that out of the realm of possibilities or should we be expecting that he's going to be eased in at like second, third line here settings first? Oh yeah. I, so rumor is he's going to start on the fourth line is what I heard, but there's been, you know, five different rumors. Honestly, I could see him filling. We've talked the wild riders and I've talked about it. We've kind Mm -hmm. of figured he'll fit in on the second line. Okay. Move possibly move Goudreau over to wing because he can be a wing and just put him in between Boldy and Goudreau. Yeah. Because they Boldy and Rossi played together too. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you really want to break up that top line, especially I mean Hartman is kind of bounced around, but he's earned that spot. Yeah. And he fits really well between those guys. It doesn't mean they can't change it up every now and then, but I could see him being second line before anything else. And then if things change they'll bump him up but so second line here mostly even by the time that we reached the like january 1st we should be able to see a consistent spot here on the second line probably i would think so because i mean okay 
and it depends because sometimes I see people think the grief line grief line is greenway yes. erickson i can fully know yeah. for those who don't know yeah they're typically the third line but they bounced around so he will be i think he'll be with boldy and goudreau is the pair that makes I sense he'll be with that's such a high flying line you know so much speed that's going to be in that line and so much skill that can be in that line you know that's that's i think a very very good spot for him in his first full season here in the nhl that, that would be here really good. So then you've got a guy here in Mason Shaw. Another prospect here, most likely going to make the leap here this year. He's been delayed by injuries, but this year is also the final one here in his contract um, that he is no longer waiver exempt here if I did my research here correctly. So if he doesn't join the team this year, he will likely be lost to the wild here in itself. So what's the vibe surrounding Shaw in Minnesota? I mean, should we be expecting him in Iowa? Should we be expecting him potentially in the big club? Like, what do you guys think? Iowa to start with, because the wild have some openings, but with signing like steel and Rossi coming, Rossi's going to get priority. Mm -hmm. And then I, I mean, if there's injuries, I could see him bouncing up because I think he only played a handful of games last year when mm-hmm. people were injured. Yeah. And I think he did okay. I don't know. I can't remember his stats off the top of my head. I don't have it pulled up, but um, let's take a look here. I mean, he's he's kind of a unknown to me. Like I've seen little bits of yeah. him, but not quite enough to really form an opinion on him too yeah. much. Well, so I mean he's only you say he's only 23, but 23 years old here, like for a prospect. I he guess, played, yeah. He played only three games in the NHL here this past season, but 62 games here in the AHL, scoring 19 goals and 52 points. The thing that I don't care for is the fact that he had 106 penalty minutes. <laughs> so there's <Fourth> that. <laughs> there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So I could absolutely see him being lost. In, in a shuffle and Minnesota just kind of either just parting ways here for him or packaging up him up here at this point. So if he does beat somebody out, you know, I, I guess that could be the point, but I think it, it's looking like it could be due to injuries. Yeah. You know, it, it looks like, yeah, it looks like here, like he could have some competition in a guy, even like Adam Beckman. Yes. I am a huge fan of his. And okay. I, I actually did an article a few months back that Beckman should take Fiala's spot. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Fill me in. Why is that? He played. So last year he did preseason. He played the whole preseason. Yeah. And I, I can never find the preseason stats anywhere, but he They're was tough. like. Yeah. Lights out. He scored, I think, three goals in three games. And he okay. was just. Like everyone was talking about him, like who is this guy? Where did he come from? Yeah, we, he needs a roster spot now. Right. And I think, if I remember right, I think he did start the season with them due to injuries, mm-hmm. and he did pretty well. But then they dropped him back down to make because they obviously they're gonna play their top guys. Their younger guys can come up later, but mm-hmm. he kind of got back into the sh- and his. I mean, he's quick. He's really good with a stick he's aggressive yeah. i i was a big fan and i 
was hoping he'd come up, but I forgot Rossi was coming up too. Well, so far here at this point, you know, he hasn't really done too terribly much here in the NHL. You know, he's only played three games and he's got one assist. Over three years in the AHL, he has played 77 games, 14 goals, 39 total points. So you call it maybe even like an opportunity hasn't truly presented itself here for him, but 34 points in 68 games here last season alone. His first season, 2020-2021 here with the Isle, um, he scored three goals, five points, and nine games. So really well in his first season. Second season, not as good. So we'll be able to see here. And I think, you know, he's going to be another player that's going to probably start out here in the AHL here as well. So, and that'll be good. Let's see, Kalen Addison. If Rossi is not the top prospect in this organization, Kalen Addison is here from an outsider's perspective. I think he's going to make the transition here this year, already playing 15 games through four separate call-ups. He has been, he has the potential, honestly, to be quickly the Wilds quarterback, the power play quarterback here at this point, just from what I'm seeing. Should we expect to see him this season like on a regular basis? Do you think that there's room for him at this point? Or is he kind of like a seventh defenseman and maybe just starts out with the wild? I'm sorry, the Iowa Wild, just to get that top, you know, top power play, you know, really be able to get the time and then maybe after like a month or so just be able to earn his spot up. He's another one that I'm a huge fan of. Yes. <laughs> but um if they can if it was up to me i'd have him as the sixth defenseman instead of galagoski fair but that there i'm not there so i <laughs> see him as probably the seventh defenseman to start out unless someone's in like merrill i believe had off-season surgery and is rumored to not be starting the season okay so addison may be slotted into that spot if merrill's yeah. out yeah. And then it kind of works its way out from there. If somebody gets injured or if, like last season during the end of the regular season, some of the postseason possibly, they were rotating Galgoski, Kulikov, and Addison, I believe. Okay. And I mean, he, they were, I know Galgoski and Kulikov for sure were kind of going back and forth, but I thought Addison was slotted in there too. Yeah, as of as of right now, Daily Faceoff is projecting Kalen Addison to be on that third pairing here with Goligoski. So, here on that here on the right side. Trying to think who he'd be in place of. So they've got Middleton. Is that so you've got, all out? Yes. So okay. right now you've so got yeah. Brodine and Dumba. Middleton and Spurgeon and Goligoski and Addison. Okay. So yeah, they're thinking Merrill's not going to be in. Okay. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. And the thing that blows my mind is you don't have, and again, these are simply just projections. You know, as of right now, they do not have Addison on a single one of the power play units. They probably want to wait and see because I know Dumba and, well, Dumba is usually the main guy. Mm-hmm. On power play but then i think it kind of switches off between spurgeon and brodine brodine's usually yeah. penalty kill for sure but they kind of just rotate because sometimes they'll do four forwards too so yeah 
Well, and your top power play right now, I mean, again, this is simply just due to um, here from Daily Faceoff. You've got Erickson Eck, Rossi, Zuccarello, Spurgeon, and Kaprizov. They didn't even put Dumba on there. <laughs> no, no. They've got Dumba here all the way down here on second power play. Feligno, Goudreau, Hartman, Dumba, and Boldy. Hmm. That's different pairings that I haven't looked at yet. It'll be it'll be different here next week. It'll be different the week here after that. True. But yeah. I mean we'll we'll see. I'd honestly switch Dumba with who did you say was on was it Spurgeon you said was the first one? Uh, Spurgeon is on power play one. Yes. Okay. I'd honestly put Dumba on there as much as I'm hesitant with him because he's got the big slap shot. Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe they want to be able to spread it out here. You know, you've got Kaprizov here right now on power play one. So if you spread it out here a little bit and maybe not do necessarily like a 70% timeshare here for just the power play unit here for the top one, you know, you've got second power play unit and you've got Dumba here holding down that unit true if you do maybe like a 60 40 or even like a 55 45 split or something um you know those are two dangerous power play units that you can be able to roll and you never know which unit you're going to be able to get so that's not too bad so are there any other prospects that you can think of here that fans should be able to keep their eye on here at this point for a potential call up or anything i mean Dewar's already basically got a spot Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Nick Sweeney, Sweeney. I'm trying to remember how he says it. Mm-hmm. And Faber's still in college. Henches, Henches, maybe Sam Henches. Okay. From the Olympic team and Saint Cloud State for college. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of his college record better than I can think of anything else. But oh man. Well, I mean, the good news is, you know, you've got, again, we just rambled off here at least five different prospects that could be called up here. The The likelihood that you need to call up more than that number of prospects here throughout the entire regular season, you better hope not that you're not calling if more you are, prospects. If you are, you're in really, really bad yes. trouble. Yes, but the good news here for the Wild, every single one of these players could be able to come up here a majority of them would need to be able to play third and fourth pairings, you know, not anything super high up depth or anything like that. So, you know, there's a number of guys who could quickly just slide in and just have the next man up mentality, which is really, really strong here for the wild. And so they should be able to contend here moving forward here this coming season. So, um, so let's take a quick break, take just a really quick breather, and then we can be able to discuss here this upcoming season. And then we're going to be able to hit you with a couple of different rapid fire questions. So, All right. And so we are back again. We're talking with Mariah Stark. We are talking here, the Minnesota wild and let's start talking a little bit more here about season projections and this upcoming season. So what are your thoughts on just the upcoming season here in general? Are you more confident, less confident here moving forward about the same? What what are your thoughts? Scoring. I'm not concerned one bit because between Kaprizov, Hartman, Zuccarello, Rossi coming up. Th- mm-hmm. They've got a crazy offense that's going to be really strong. And as long as they can gel together like they did last year, even with the new people coming in, yeah, they'll be fine that way. Defense, 
I'm still pretty comfortable with because they didn't really they only lost Kubakov, which as great of a veteran player as he is, he just didn't really fit into our lineup anymore. So it makes sense. Nice yep. to let him go somewhere he could get some more minutes and be treated yeah. like he should be. And I mean, there I'm not too worried. It's my biggest concern and worry is the goaltending. It's the goaltending. Oh yes. Oh yes. As much faith as I want to have in Flurry. Injuries scare me with any goalie, but especially in your late thirties. I'm almost 30 and I have a hard time getting up off the ice when I fall. So I can't imagine at his age being a goaltender. (laughs) The amount of flexibility, the amount of care, the amount of attention here that a guy like Flurry, I mean, he has notably been showing off, you know, just at at how well he takes care of his body. Oh yeah. So, I mean, the athleticism alone is not the thing I would personally be concerned with. I mean, it would just be, are his reflexes up to this up to the test here at this point? So, yeah, I I think if there's any area to be concerned with the most, I would definitely say it's probably the goaltending. So, if anything, I could definitely see you know like seven to five games, which is crazy exciting. But at the same point in time, uh, it would make me crazy worried <laughs> at that point if somebody tells me you know we're going to average almost four or five goals against and that's the norm this season i will nope. <laughs> nope i was tearing my hair out last year at three goals yes for a while i'm just like yeah. guys i don't like seeing the puck go in our net please stop right oh man <laughs> Yeah, it's never fun. You know, again, th- those high scoring games, they're a lot of fun to watch. For whatever reason, they're just super, super fun. They're sometimes just as fun. You know, the the zero zero games, depending on the game itself, the zero zero one one games are just as exciting. Oh yeah. Heading late into the third period, you know, but there's also something about, you know, just going tit for tat, you know, here on these goals. The it just it for whatever reason just always reminds me of the Chicago Blackhawks versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it was Austin Matthews going up against Patrick Kane, and they're going goal for goal here against one another. And that was just so much fun to watch. And I will say again, it's a Hawks game. I don't watch hardly any of them, but that game when you just kept seeing, okay, it's three, three, four, th- four, three, four, four. You're like, okay, I got to turn this on. What is happening? And that was a fun game to watch. Maybe it's because I'm not watching my home team, you know? <laughs> Even this year's playoffs with like, was it Edmonton and who had the Calgary? I think those two had a crazy mm-hmm. high scoring game. Okay. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. I need to pay attention to this now because yeah. it's just boom, 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 boom. Yes. And again, maybe it's just because you know you're not you're not watching your team. You know, you're yeah. just able to just watch the sport be what it is. And that just adds so much more fun here to it. So cool. So goaltending, here's the biggest thing. Forwards are pretty good here on defense. Pretty good. Defense is gonna have on. to block a lot of shots. I'll just say that. Yeah. Lay it out. Yeah. Are you confident that the defense could potentially do that? here this coming season do you think they have the guys to to do that yeah i mean spurgeon's always blocking brodeen brodeen is crazy he yeah he lines up it's just like <laughs> can't watch it uh middleton yeah they've got a lot of guys middleton definitely doing it i mean and they've got a big body too that it's yeah like, <laughs> good luck 
Yeah. Middleton's I, a guy I wanted to see come to St. Louis, and I was very, very upset when they said that you know he's going to Minnesota. I was I didn't know that much about him when he came here. And then yeah. watching his po- his press conferences immediately, I was just like, Where have you been this entire time? Yeah. Just <laughs> off on the West Coast. I mean, yeah. just just lost in San Jose. He's, and that's that's just really it. He's truly such a unique personality. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I love him just looking at, you know, just like his different stats. You know, he is averaging, let me see here. You know, he's career averaging only about 17 minutes here per game, which is fine. You know, he's not a top line defenseman here by any stretch of the imagination. And it's a but, bigger body. <laughs> yes. Yeah. At where is he at? Six six three two nineteen, but he plays like he's six five. (laughs) That's the thing is he plays like he's six five, and those are the guys you really need to be concerned with. You know, um, over he's only played eighty career games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he didn't play much. Why did I think he's played more games than that? One hundred and thirty nine hits over eighty games. I love that 132 block shots. This is a man. This is a man's man. It's <laughs> <That is> willing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. You can't, you can't go wrong with the stash. No, no. He has a beautiful beard. Just looking all at it. Oh, I'm jealous. I'm jealous here at this guy. So, all right, let's do some quick rapid fire here for you. So try to be as unbiased as you possibly can. Okay. I want fan, not you know, oh, I cover the team here at this point. I mean, cover, te- you know, obviously use your knowledge, you know, here, but let's be able to get your best opinions. So first one, Kaprizov hits 50 goals. Yes, I think he's he going to do it. My fantasy team thanks you. <laughs> he's got that. He's got that different player drive, man. He's a, yeah. he's a different animal. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. He's so much fun to be able to watch. Who has a bigger season, Rossi or Boldy? Boldy. Boldy, really? Over his rookie season. Okay. I That's love that. I love that. I mean, I, I think the uh, the obvious answer, I think most people want to say Rossi just because of the high profile that's coming in. But Boldy, I think, could be a very sneaky, under-the-radar kind of player. Like you said, he's coming into his second season. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what both of these guys do here. Who is your most underrated player heading into the season? And don't tell me it's going to be Marc-Andre Fleury. God, no. (laughs) Jonas Brodian. Because he's usually underrated anyway. <laughs> and that's fair. And that's fair. For whatever reason, the defensemen that are in Minnesota don't give that don't get that much love. They just don't. No. And that's fine. That's fine. Do you think we could see any trades happening? And then if so, who? I said this before. There's only one guy that fits the description for me, and it's Dumba. If he can make himself trade bait. <laughs> He's got to stay healthy, man. He's, yeah. He's a walking injury. 
what has he done? Let's take a look here. What has he done over the last couple of seasons? 57 games last season, 51, 69 games over the last three seasons, 172 total games, 72 points, but he's still averaging 22 and a half minutes per game. They rely a lot on him when he does. Mm-hmm. Play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing that I'm worried about here, let me be able to pull up. He's cat friendly. Punctured lung last year. Oh, he he definitely. I mean, there's no question about his abilities. You know, he's he does such a good job here. Dumba has, and yeah, that was that was what I was wearing. I thought so. He has. He's in his final year of his contract. And they can't resign him for that much unless he no. lights out. Hmm. Yeah. Even yeah. if they could, I I don't think with cap space they can. Yeah, he's at he's at six million dollars here right now, twenty eight years old. So even if he somehow f- signs a deal here like Jared Spurgeon here at seven point five million dollars, like you said, they they just can't. Because I think if Rossi does, not Rossi have to go into a regular contract? Soon? Marco Rossi here right now. Let's take a look. Marco Rossi, where are you? (laughs) Come on, cat friendly. Where are you at? Yeah, he's got another year left here right now. Come on. This makes for great podcasting. I'm telling you this right now. When you have issues here with a website here getting pulled up. Marco Rossi here right now. No, see, he's got he's still got three years left. He does. Mm-hmm. I thought was it. No, he's still got three years left. Coming up here, you've got Tyson Jost here as an RFA. Goudreau as a UFA, Boldy is the one who's coming up, and Sam Steele. Boldy will need more money. Unless he bombs this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boldy's going to be able to get a, a decent a decent pay raise here at this point, and so... And um, not let him go. Oh, I can't see a single situation that happens. That so single situation. <laughs> no, I cannot see a single situation. I mean, unless, unless a team is willing to offer up an offer they simply cannot refuse, then that's the only way I think that Matt Boldy leaves Minnesota. So no, I I think that you're safe here with that. All right. Do the wild make the playoffs? Yes. That's an easy walk in the park. Yeah. And I I said that kind of hesitantly, but I meant it full hearted. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I I think you know there's there's no question here right now that the Wild are going to be able to make the playoffs, but do you think that they will win the Western Conference? Well, if they come up against your Blues, no. <laughs> See, and we've got a lot of fans who are worried about the Blues here this season. I'm worried about the Blues this season. You're, all, they they have the they for some reason they can get under the wild skin though I mean I'd almost and like, I love it <laughs> I almost like last season 
they're like, oh, who would you rather have, the Blues or the Avs? I'm like, or no, Vegas or the Avs? I'm like, the Avs. I don't want these unknown teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I think the Wild are a team that could definitely make the playoffs. Have no question in my mind here about that. I mean, unless the Wild for some reason hit the most unfortunate injury bug I've ever seen, they're going to make the playoffs. They have the potential. Things have to go their way, but they do have the potential to win the conference. They are they're one of the top teams here in my mind that could contend here for the Western Conference. But I'm interested to see do you think the Wild win the cup? My fan as a fan, I want them to, and I would love them to realistically. It honestly depends on who they have to play, but yeah. It's just that goaltending. Yeah. Holds me back on everything. Yeah. Without the goaltending, uh, if the goaltending was 100%, yes, yes, all the way. <laughs> everything has to be able to go the certain way. Everything has to be able to go the right way. Everything has it's to go. True. And it just, I mean, we've seen Cinderella stories here happen. And I don't think necessarily the Wild will qualify here as a Cinderella story here, per se, unless they pull off you know, a, a 2019 blues, like where they're down at the bottom of the standings. And then all of a sudden they come roaring back, you know, due to whomever is, is coming up here in net and, uh, you know, they trade for somebody or, you know, whatever that it makes. And so I, the wild, I think have a chance. I don't know if they actually could go for it. And it's because here in my mind, I always have this, biased opinion that the central division is the toughest division in all of hockey. But I was, but I was listening to a pod the other day and they said, is the central really that tough anymore? And so they said out of the West has the Pacific division gotten tougher than the central division. Just simply here looking at as a whole, you have Arizona, Chicago, Nashville doesn't really know who they are. And the same thing here with Dallas. So that really leaves you with the blues, the wild. Winnipeg is down there here. Also, Winnipeg is another like middle team and the avalanche. So then you've got here over in the Pacific division, a number of up and coming teams. You've got Edmonton, who definitely should be contending here for a top spot. You've got Calgary, who, despite you know the number of moves that they have made, they're still a top contending team. The Kings could push for a spot, even over a team here like the Wild. So I don't know. It really made me think of who do I like more if I had to just take a division here as a whole? Do I like the Central Division more? Or do I like the Pacific more? And it really makes me wonder here now. And I said, damn you for making me second guess my division. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, well, and it's changed so much too over the years. Cause I remember yeah. back, like when the wild started, they were with, I think there was the Northwest division. 
then and they were in with like Vancouver, Edmonton, all of them guys. And it was it was so tight all the time. And now they've changed it all and based it on location and all of this. And it's just like you know, if Chicago was at its prime, that's when the division now it does make me think about it. Now I'm just like, are yeah. you serious? Now Why I want to doing this to me. Now I want to do see, and you're going to be up. You're going to, we're going to end this podcast and you're going to go and just do a ton of research. And your husband's going to be asking you, what in the world are you doing? And you're going to say, Mike really made me think about something. <laughs> and now like you need to do all the research comparing the two different divisions. And I haven't had the chance to really look here too terribly much at it. Cause it just reminded me here right now, but I don't know. I mean, again, you put a battle royale here between these two different divisions. Who comes out here on top? I don't know. I don't know who I like more. And just something to be able to ponder. I and fan. I mean, if you're listening to this and you want to be able to just tell me, you know, oh, I'm I'm losing my marbles, and and the central absolutely still is going to decimate the the Pacific Division. You know, no questions asked. But here at the end of next season, I'm very, very curious to see who has the better team overall records between the two different divisions. You know, who's got the the most high scoring teams, who has the better overall records and just be able to compare because I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be, you know, Arizona could be better in front of 7,000 people. They will have McBain too now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully yeah. Clayton Keller's healthy. You know, you've got, I mean, and I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I guess with uh, Kessel now. Kessel and a healthy Jack Eichel. That's going to be wonderful here for them. Wonderful here for them. So, okay. Well, I have kept you here long enough. So really fast, what can fans be able to expect here from the wild as we get ready here for the preseason? What can they be able to expect here from you? Where can they find your stuff? You know, let's let's take a quick second to, be able to kind of just boast here about you. Oh, well, I'm working on a few different articles that I haven't really narrowed down which one I'm going to focus on. But yeah, we're um, the wild writers as a whole at the hockey writer. We're going to be doing a roundtable about lineup predictions that we've all kind of bounced around on the predicted one. And then we kind of have our own idea of what we're going to see. Yeah. Probably talk about the goaltending, talk about everything, just our opinions on everything combined. And then I'll have a few probably preseason covering, you know, like who, what to expect from who and all of this stuff coming up. I just haven't exactly got them narrowed down. I'm currently working on one about the best off-season move and the worst off-season move. Oh, yeah. So we hadn't had one yet, so I had to take a look at that. So that'll hopefully be out tomorrow or the day after. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks again so, so much for being able to be able to join us, you know, and just again, just being our, our resident wild um, representative here, I guess, if you want to be able to call it that. So I'll take it. Thank you. I, I love coming on here. Yes. So um, hopefully Ethan will be able to join us here next time again. Um, you know, who we're discussing here off off here, you know, he's just, you know, a little under the weather here again. And um, he's had about here with just like some bad illness here over the last couple of weeks. So, but we're hoping for a speedy recovery because he needs to be able to uh, 
start carrying his weight here in some of these interviews here a little bit. Have to start <laughs> talking about the wild man. Yes. Yes. He he and who was the the writer for the wild from the athletic? Russo. And Russo. He cannot stand him. He I got, love Russo. He got into it uh, either. I don't remember if he got into it with him on Twitter or just about him. <laughs> he does not care for him. And I'm with you. I like when some of these writers, they express their feelings. Now, some of the things that he was saying, okay, I get it. I get it. He can sometimes go a little far, but he is one of the hardest working reporters that i have oh, ever yeah. seen ever so i extremely generous with people that yep. admire his work yep yep absolutely so i told him he needs to take a quick step back here and take his blues lens here off and you know let's be able to just truly take a look here at this so all right well again thank you so much here for being able to come on um we should be able to have you on here you know after at least one or two different games here that the Blues and Wild have played up against each other and just try to see <laughs> what have we seen here out of these couple of matchups, you know, build a project here, like the rest of the of the matchups here throughout the rest of the season and whatnot. So um, where can fans be able to find you here on Twitter here at this point? Um. Oh, I forgot I took it down. It's Mariah E. Stark, I believe is my, I should know it. Uh, I, I'm so used to it being on the bottom of my screen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it should be Mariah E. Stark at, yeah, just my name. And that's okay. where I'm at Twitter. Um, otherwise, hockey writers just click my name and it's linked to that too. <laughs> Follow her stuff. Yep, absolutely. So thank you again for just being able to come on. And uh, let's end this here with a Let's Go Blues chant. Let's go blues. Yes. Thanks so much. <laughs> thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.